Yeah, your mental matters, mental matters. Your mental matters, mental matters. Your mental matters, mental matters. Your mental matters, mental matters, yo. Your mental matters ain't a simple pattern. We need to have a central chatter. Food for thought, grab a platter. My mental ain't for rental. I'm a central man, it's simple. I'm a ripple in the rip though. I don't wanna sick my ship, so gotta know your mental. Black life is hard, I don't resent though. Feelings really real, we should present those. Talk about it, you should know your mental matters. Your mental matters, mental matters, yeah. Yeah, I don't got nothing in yet. I still got the name. What up, yo? What up, yo? And we'll see you in one, two, three, four. Welcome to the Mental Matters Podcast, where jerk chicken is a thing, black mental health is a thing, and all things manhood, because this is what we're here for. I am your co-host, Richard, here with Jarrell. Yep, Jarrell is here and present. Present. <laughs> Listen, there's nothing wrong with simply being present. Can we get an amen to that? Amen. That part. So we are at, ah, man, it's been a while. This is episode 65. Can you believe we are freaking 65 episodes of this thing? Uh, it's been a long time coming. <laughs> <laughs> fair this is fair I mean I don't know I mean we ain't got blocked on no social media networks or nothing yet so apparently we don't something right uh, <laughs> so I'll take it um, before I get into things brother how are you I've been doing well I've been sticking to my my mantra of you know trying to grill something every other every other week or week at that. Yes. Oh, exciting. <laughs> yes. Yes. I got. I got to keep giving you like the post and everything because I do remember you saying now like, oh, how would y'all feel about if we posted your real barbecue on every Friday? So I got to mm-hmm. make sure I send you those videos of me starting up the grill, the charcoal. I got to make sure I keep charcoal and in inventory, all of that good stuff. So. Yeah, we'll just trust the food pitch. We need to see you in it. Like, come on, <laughs> plan. Yeah, so that was fun on Saturday. Um, I mean, other than that, still doing everything real estate. So that's been fun. I, I've been enjoying just like showing the houses and stuff like that. And it just makes me feel like, dude, I want this upgrade to be done in my place. I want to do this upgrade outside in our place for the summer. Oh, like, <laughs> it's, just, <laughs> it's just become this thing where it's like, if I see it, I got to get it. But I haven't done anything crazy yet, but I think I'm about Not to start. Yet. I think I'm about to start searching for um, like different home sales and like uh, garage sales and things like that for tools. Because I think I want to start doing some DIY stuff even more than I did last year. So you know, last year, I just you know installed a toilet, changed some faucet heads and installed an over the range microwave. But I think I want to get into like building a gazebo in a backyard type of stuff you know i want to get deeper into that so yeah <laughs> i'm gonna need a circular saw and some all this other good stuff but yeah nail guns you just get more that. attractive every time i see you, you just be <laughs> out here i'm gonna use these hands and do projects i'm just waiting on you know to go get these brick papers so we can do the backyard man you know what i'm saying i'm trying i'm trying, I'm trying to get like you you got the fire pit on listen no 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 skating around it but i'm saying is i need to just mm-hmm. go ahead order these brick papers and okay. we just get two shovels going 
and get mm-hmm. these brick papers put in. That's all. I'm, you know what I'm saying? You got to send me a picture or a video, then I'll watch it two or three hours and get it down pat. (laughs) Y'all heard it, ladies and gentlemen. Jarrell is going to help me get these brick papers down so Mm -hmm. we can be vaccinated and relaxinated around the fire pit and chilling this summer. Y'all heard it here first. If it don't happen, y'all can shame Jarrell for not being the man (laughs) of his word. Damn it. I'm with it, 100%. Listen. I miss but yeah, so that's all I've been man. up to though. Just you know, just enjoying real estate. Yeah, for yeah. sure. I I Have remember you had your first closing everything kick off. I've had I've had two closings and I got a third one coming up next week. So yeah. Ooh. It's been fun. More time off stakes, baby. <laughs> for sure. What you been up to though? Listen, life has been crazy. Um, I will start by saying, first and foremost, I am glad to be present because um, in the year 2020 of the ones, if you will, uh, simply existing is enough for me these days. You know, anything else above that is a blessing. Um, we did have our car breakdown last mm-hmm. weekend in which, you know, automotive, I hate automotive. I quit the automotive industry because fuck all that. Um, so we had for the second time since we bought our, and I'll, I'll put the Browns, I don't give a damn. Uh, we had bought a 2016 Chevrolet Equinox in 2016. Um, in fact, it was February. Mm-hmm. So it's just over five years since we started, you know, so we bought the car fresh off the lot. And since then, we've had two engines go bad on us. Two. And the first time we had it in 2019, you know, the year, y'all think y'all remember being with us when I told you literally the year of the frost and it was colder than all shit outside. Mm -hmm. Uh, We had to literally replace that engine and that cost maybe about it was a refurb, it's like an old engine, uh, maybe six, seven thousand dollars. I think could have just bought a new car, but you know, being stupid. Um, and so at that time, we we're like, all right, cool, we get another, you know, five or six years out of this engine, right? Nope, in on May, what was that? I wasn't even, was that no, I'll take that back, it wasn't this past weekend. It was the 24th. Give you some context of how God good is real quick. Uh, so yeah, this was April 24th. We were driving, I was taking the wife to her job to go handle some things on the weekend. And you heard the car running really loud and raggedy, like, you know, somebody's, uh, <laughs> it probably went worse than somebody's old school, to be honest with you at this point. Um, and it literally shut off while I was on the freeway. So luckily for me, I had enough common sense to pull over to the shoulder. And luckily enough as well, that traffic was coming to a standstill because of construction, you know, because they decided, hey, we couldn't do it in the midst of the, the shutdown pandemic. We gotta do it when everybody getting vaccinated outside again. So 
horrible construction on the freeway, on the lodge with it, but not really, and couldn't really go nowhere. So ultimately, we took the car, we had the car towed after we got got it back home. Thank God we was able to get it back home. And they said it was like $2,000 just to um, inspect the engine. This was Saturday. This well, this that news came Monday, um, Monday morning. By Monday afternoon, we were at the car dealership, a new another car dealership, looking at a used car. Um, and by that coming Tuesday, we were able to flip it, get a new well, not a new car. We ended up getting like a, a 05 Honda, or whatever. It's a truck, and um, drove it home Tuesday night, literally. Mm-hmm. So in the mat, in the midst of like three to four days. We were just able to flip everything around, get it going, keep a cool head about it, and back rolling back on the streets. Um, so while it has been a crazy time, um, that was probably one of the craziest challenges. Um, and just being with my spouse who handled it with grace, if you will, um, we'll be selling the Equinox shortly and taking probably a loss from a private standpoint, but we still here in the live, so I mean, what else can I say, man? So uh, that was a raggedy situation, but thank God I was able to pull through it. Um, literally, to add on top of that, and this is gonna sound like I'm dumping, but that's why we do this podcast because you know, right. I won't say black men don't talk about their things anymore. I will say that me as a black man has had a history of not saying the things. So I want to make sure that people are aware of those type of statements. Instead of generalizing and say, you know, your favorite phrase of, you know, black men ain't shit, things of that nature, or like black men will talk about their things, whatever it may be. I don't think that that's fair. And I absolutely hate when people do that. Kind of a tangent, deal with it. Um, I hate when people say that. Um, Instead of what I learned is for people to use I statements and talk about yourself. Talk about the things that you experience or are going through, whatever. I think that may help make a difference in being more transparent when it comes to overall black men talking about their things. Hope that makes sense. Uh-huh. We'll talk about I statements and I'll put more information in the, in the episode description, but I think it's important as we navigate mental health in 2021 that we are aware to use I statements versus generalizing amongst like, you know, a population of people. Um, Cause they don't tell the true story. So with that being said, um, even as recent as today, this is, is what the 4th of May, um, it is May, which is Mental Health Awareness Month. And, you know, I think that you know, you should be aware of all the things that contribute to your mental health. And um, to be quite honest with you, like I said, I'm present. I'm here right now. I'm here with y'all because I love y'all. I love this uh, mission that we own, just to raise this awareness for mental health. And um, the last few hours has been a struggle. And and Drill, I almost told, I told you a little bit about it earlier, but um, just found out recently that um, one of my cousins, if you will, passed away 
Um, I don't know all the details yet. I think it was alcohol and drug related, if you will. And they left behind a, a five-year-old daughter who was in need of some things. So um, I'll be getting some details together and getting all the things together because we want to make sure this little girl's good. But um, it's just been a heavy last three weeks. Um, so the car breaking down and the family thing. And um, I just have to be grateful. I have to be grateful for my family, my friends, the ones that I made my family from friendships. Um, you know, that's a that's the most accurate way I can put it. You know, I'm still able to see her with grace and a smile on my face because of the people around me. Like, that would have been busy, but I get busy too. So, what's popping? Brandon Whip just hopped in. Literally, what you got? <laughs> so, um, just trying to make light of the situation. Um, I'm still processing everything, but like I said, you know, Jay Z said it best can't knock the hustle. And as we move forward, I hear that J. Cole got a new album coming out. So, I mean, <laughs> you're the first person I thought of when I saw that news. <laughs> listen, all things considered, I've been waiting since KOD, and you know this. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm I'm present. I'm here, man. I actually I'm don't know who sing that song, though, but it's catchy. What's popping? Brandon Whip just hopped in. I don't know that either. I know. See, it's terrible. See, I don't, I don't. It's too new for my blood. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all, you know, the snappers just be out here doing that. Just rapping, hipping and hopping and whatever the hell it is and ticking, talking and all that yeah. stuff. So, that part. Speaking of songs, and I must give this person his just due. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just came across this. A lot of you guys have been um, on our Instagram DMs and in our comments, tagging us in comments about this song. Uh, so I'm going to give this shout out before we get into the meeting details of this episode. Um, I'm going to play a little, little, little snippy snip. So I thought this was really dope. Um, it is a gentleman by the name of Pith Marty. Um, his Instagram name is Pith Marty, P-I-F-F-M-A-R-T-I. And he did a, he's an artist apparently, but he did a really cool, uh, recorded a really dope song about, uh, let's say, Boys Do Cry, if you will. I'm play a, play a little snippy snip. Oh, 
Shout out to the homie Piff Marty, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> that song warmed my soul because it's a real discussion that needs to be had. It came out in perfect time with Mental Health Awareness Month. Um, I actually just had a um, conversation with some gentlemen um, and I'm gonna give them a shout out as well um, to the men of Alpha Phi Alpha Fraternity Incorporated by ways of the uh, Alpha Upsilon chapter, which is the Wayne State University chapter of Alpha Phi Alpha. Um, I was hosted, I was hosted, if you will, um, a guest for their Mental Health Monday event a couple of weeks ago in April. And one of the things we just talked about is Black men and mental health. It's a real discussion. And one of the conversations that came up was a, pretty much the substance of this song um, about, you know, boys crying or should they cry or shouldn't they cry? And there were a few of you guys, you know, if you're listening now that had made comments about, you know, not crying, not processing things. And mm-hmm. we unpacked that a little bit. And I'm glad that more of these discussions are happening. It's become what I, what seems to be a, a fad for Black people to talk about mental health, if you will. But we're starting to really see that the traumas of the past really should get addressed and really talk about our things because um, we as a culture have a lot to unpack. And we can probably spend the next five hours, which I'm not going to do, y'all. <laughs> probably just that much level of content, you know what I'm saying? And and when I heard that they were literally, um, you know, black men out there that don't cry just because of what they were taught, it really bothered me because I dealt with that. And I dealt with that from a sense of, I think this is a good way to segue into our discussion today. Part of the reason I hate that whole notion is because um, that's some of the teachings that even at one point in time, my mother taught me. Um, And with Mother's Day coming up, I know a lot of different people have different relationships with their mom. You've heard me share here on this podcast about my relationship with my mom to an extent. And that even since our first year of podcasting, if you will, that relationship has changed dramatically. Um, and I'm thankful for therapy. I'm thankful for my family and friends who held me accountable to have those tough discussions. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm gonna start this conversation by saying this and I promise I'm not gonna be before y'all long, but I, I got a word. I got, I got something the Lord just put in my spirit, I gotta just, gotta let it out. (laughs) And, uh, you know, first and foremost, mother, stop teaching your boys that they shouldn't cry. Yeah. I'm I'm gonna repeat that. Mothers, I mean, daddies too, but, you know, daddy's day is in June. This is May. (laughs) Mothers, stop teaching your boys, especially your, young black boys to not cry. That is one of the most damaging things that you can do to your black boys. Um, stop, well, 
this really don't happen as much with daughters um to my experience um but primarily it's been taught a lot to our young black boys even by mothers or by women that black boys shouldn't cry in general and it has caused generation upon generation upon generation of bad mental health. Um, I don't know if you can relate to that, Jarrell. Um, I know I personally can. Um, like, have you ever had your mother tell you that? I have, uh, but it was more so, like when she said it to me, it wasn't from a sense of her like demeaning me. It was like from a sense of her like challenging me to be a protector, you know, mm-hmm. uh, the, 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 the time where she, she told me to be tougher or not to cry. It was like, in a sense where I probably was like running from like a spider or a centipede. I'm like five or six years old or something like that. And she's like, Hey, don't run from it. Like, don't cry. Like, come here. Like, I'm gonna show you like what you're supposed to do. Go get a tissue. You come back in the room. Like, you know, she just gave me the steps to actually, like, you know, kill a spider or centipede or whatever I was running from at the time. So it wasn't it wasn't from a sense of her saying, like, quit being a punk, like, you soft, this, this, and that. You know, it was more from her just, like, she took it as a moment to, like, like nurture, you know. Um, and I find myself doing that to my nephew, actually, today. It was funny because he's upstairs in virtual school and I'm downstairs just, like, looking at real estate stuff. And I hear like a chair drop upstairs. <laughs> and then I hear like some feet like start moving, puttering or whatever. And I'm like, what the heck is going on upstairs? So he comes to the steps and he's like, Uncle, I need you to come kill the centipede for me. I'm supposed to be in virtual school and this thing is scaring me. I'm scared. And I'm like, uh, you shouldn't be scared. It's okay. I'm gonna just let you know as you get older, if you get a girlfriend. You can't run from the centipede because she's gonna want you to kill it. <laughs> I'm like, he who kills the centipede gets the girl. So you're gonna have to get <laughs> overcome the scariness that you got right now. But yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I felt it from, from that aspect of it. But I have had other um times, you know, just playing football, playing basketball being around like other aunties and stuff like that, where they have done it in the sense of like demeaning you, you know, calling you out on like, if you manly enough or not. So I have experienced that too. And it doesn't feel good. It feels like, I don't know, you just, you just, you just feel like very belittled. Like you feel as small as an ant. Like, like, why are you treating me like this over something that's not even like life or death, you know? Yeah. Um. And I can't remember the exact instance, and some of it may have not even been my actual mother, but you know, I, I've just seen a, a pattern of you know us being told basically to mask our emotions. And and when I say us, I mean we as you know, black boys now men, mm-hmm. you know, just being told like to mask. Your emotions don't cry because the world will eat you alive, basically. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, there is some truth to that. There is definitely truth in that statement. Um, You know, I think it can be, at least if I were teaching it, you know, from my standpoint, I would probably teach it in a situation such as, you know, take the time you need 
but there's also a time and place for everything. Mm-hmm. And I say that to say, you know, instead of just being out in public crying and boohooing things in front of like the world and everybody, you know, I would treat that situation as if, you know, I would treat that situation like I gotta go blow my nose. Cause mm-hmm. you probably have to do that anyway, right? Mm-hmm. I would literally treat a situation where me as a black man or me teaching a young black boy, et cetera, or child in general, you know, there's a time and place for everything. And if this is your time, go find a place for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and explain what that means, especially later. Because, you know, sometimes you want to go find that corner. And a lot of people end up finding that release once they get to a space being by themselves. Um, I say that because um, I think I remember, um, and I think back to my moments with my mother. Um, Mother's Day is coming up. I definitely want to encourage any and everybody that has a mother in their life. you know, if you have that positive relationship with your mother, actually spend that time with them and do what you got to do. Um, Mother's Day for me has been different for the last mm-hmm. decade. It just has. Um, just because of the trauma and, you know, mommy issues, if you will. I'll call it that. But just because mm-hmm. of the trauma that I experienced with my mother, you know, me personally, um, my Mother's Day has been different for the last 10 years. Um, I remember one specific instance. Um, for anybody that knows me, knows that my mother has a large, <laughs> when it comes to her and drinking, they are synonymous. Okay, let's be real. And I remember, okay. I think this was in 2000 and when was this? 2012, maybe? 2012, 2013. It was $100. I want to say it was 2013. No, it was 2012. 20, 2012, I was working at Toyota. I won't forget this is a co-op student. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember my mother was extremely down on her luck. She had just lost the place we, you know, her old place she stayed in. And um, I remember her, you know, really hitting the hitting the bottle hard, you know, really hitting the drugs hard. You know, she was doing crack cocaine for God's sake. And I remember her asking me to stay with me and my girlfriend at the time. Um, that girlfriend's my wife now, just to give context. And that was a hard conversation because it was like, yeah, I need to have my mother move in with us. Mm-hmm. Babe. That's weird. We're both college students. We're both going to work every day. She's trying, driving to Lake Orion every day. I'm driving to basically Ann Arbor every day for work. I'm going to school during the day after that, coming home at night every single day. That's just our life in 2012. Okay. And um, this is my first ever co-op. So I'm trying to nail it and go, you know, go in. 
And she hit me with this news. And my first inclination was, no. <laughs> you caused enough trauma in my life already. I'm good. No, uh-uh. hell no. Mm-hmm. Mm-mm. Mm-hmm. Nope. Mm-mm. You've, at this point, let, let's just talk about the. Let's just state that addiction is a real thing. If you find yourself in a situation where, you know, you see somebody, you see the pattern that somebody may be addicted, don't be afraid to help them get out. In fact, that's exactly what I try to do at this time. I literally looked into um, opportunities where my mother could get help. And fast forward to later that summer, uh, she came home. You know, we established a curfew and said, if you ain't back by nine o'clock, 10 o'clock, don't worry about coming here because that's the time. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Trying to go to bed. We got to get up at six in the morning and do this all over again. And uh, she came home midnight, drunk. Didn't give her a key, didn't let her in. I'm like, no, nah, I'm good. Like, no, we're not doing this. So her sponsor called me, doing the most, you know. And all in all, I ended up finding a rehab place for my mother to go. Um, I know you're probably like, what in the hell? We'll get to the point. I got you. We're going to fast forward to the fact we got her in rehab and she got kicked out of the rehab thing. And she's like, well, let me come back and stay with you. I'm like, no, you're just going to be on the streets. One of the most hardest experiences in my life, in my complete life, I would say, is putting my mother on the streets. I literally remember going to, um, I think I went to like my front porch at the time and I just sat there and cried because that was a very hard decision that I had to make for myself. Um, The person that literally raised me up was basically unrecognizable beyond, you know, recognition of you. I didn't know who this person was anymore. And so I had to get used to a new new normal. Um, So all in all, I will say that the mommy issues, if you will, for lack of better terms, those things affected our relationship even to this day. But because of therapy, but God and but therapy, those two things alone Mm -hmm. were the reason that I'm even able to have a decent conversation with my mother today. It's because of God and therapy. See what I did there? Because of God and therapy, um, I was able to, mm-hmm. uh, that I'm able to actually answer the phone from my mother when she calls her. And that's probably the heaviest of mommy issues, if you will. Um, I know other people may have them in terms of, um, Maybe other not positive interactions, I mean, some negative interactions. Um, maybe it's something that your mother said, like, don't cry, crying to sissies, crying to little bitches, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, those are real experiences that may and will alter your relationship you have with your mother. So I know that was a lot to process, um, 
but I think that it's important to be transparent when we talk about what mommy issues look like. And for me, my mommy issues may be different than what you, Jarrell, may call mommy issues, if you will, or maybe somebody you mm-hmm. knew or know currently um, that may be experiencing those things. But um, I guess the true question is like, you know, besides the whole statement of, you know, your, your mother telling you not to, you know, to basically demand up, if you will, or, you know, don't mm-hmm. cry, whatever. Like, mm-hmm. how would you rank or rate your relationship with your mother even today? Yeah, even today, I would say, like, my relationship with my mother was was everything. Um, it still is. Um, we don't talk as much as we used to just because I don't live with her anymore. I don't get to eat her food every day and, like, stay in the same, like, stay in the same roof as her. So, you know, we text back and forth every day. But as far as, like, talking on the phone or seeing each other, like, that's that's definitely different. Um I just accept it as, as it being like a part of life and everything like that. But um, I do sometimes miss just being able to just go back to the house that I grew up in and just like watch TV on my mom sometimes. Um, but right now, it's, it's funny how I guess like every the way, the way that my relationship is with my mom is like everything from when like I guess she birthed me up until the day I got married. Like I felt like everything that I was doing in life was like to make sure that she was proud of me and then like the day that I got married I remember like like seeing her after the reception and everything like that and she gave me a big hug and then she gave me a kiss on the cheek and she was like you take care of yourself or something of that nature wait what where was she going and I was like, <laughs> it was something along those lines because like everybody was like leaving the reception and everything. So this is like the end of the night or whatever. And I remember thinking to myself, I was sorry, my dad like walked to the car. I was like, dude, I'm not, I'm not my mama's like son. Like, you know, like <laughs> it felt kind of weird. It was like a paradigm shift to like a power shift where it was just like, yo, like my mom just like released me to the world, like for real. Like she basically just let me fly out the nest. Like I, I'm not living with her no more. Like I got a wife now. Like, she's just basically just, like, you take care of yourself and make sure that you, like, you be a good husband to that to that wife you got now, to the girl that you got now. And I'm proud of both of y'all. That's, like, everything. Like, summed up with her just saying take care of yourself. So, um, I mean, for me, the relationship is still, like, strong as, like, it's ever been. But it's just, like, we just don't talk as much as we used to, which is probably, you know, that goes both ways, like. I could pick up the phone easily. She could too, but um, we we always joke a lot. My mom, I mean, like my mom is like, like she she invented roasting. Like she'll go on me, and I was just like get back on her or whatever, like crazy stuff. So we definitely go back and forth a lot. We're just like bagging on each other. So we always had that type of that type of connection. Like when she see me, she'll walk up and hit me in the chest, like that type of stuff. <laughs> Like, okay. it's, it's like that yeah <laughs> i don't think i've ever had a mama like blow my shit out she'll like, she'll, like, <laughs> she'll be like it's been a minute since i did that so you deserve that like and i'll just go right along with it so that's the type of relationship yeah. that we have interesting but like 
So you wouldn't necessarily have any like experiences to recall with your mother, like that you think may have negatively impacted you at all? I think the way that like I grew up and always wanted to like please my parents, please my mom, please my dad, that kinda that kinda made me too, I guess I could say like too humble or too much of a person where um I always like aim to please other people rather than myself at times. Mm. Um, so like in a sense where um I went and got an engineering degree from Wayne State, like that was because my dad was an engineer. And then like I wanted to make sure that like I had a way of just having like a fallback plan in my life as well with engineering. Mm-hmm. And then I saw like how proud my mom would be if I did get the engineering degree. So the whole college thing and everything like that, I feel like that's definitely like me. Um, like when I look back, that's definitely me just wanting to make sure that I made my parents proud. But as I've gotten older, like how I've gotten into like real estate um, and how I was just, you know, trying to do other things outside of just being in that box of just like engineering, um, I definitely see that, that I have other interests outside of that now. So I feel like, you know, growing up and wanting to please my parents, you know, um, I can see like where, where that could be, not necessarily something negative, but it could be like a fault of mine where I took it to like the next level of just wanting to make sure that like everybody around me is like, I guess, like proud and happy of me, even if it's in spite of me not wanting to do something. So it wasn't necessarily as, for lack of a better term, as traumatic. Uh, your experience with your mother, like, or issues with your mother or whatever, they haven't necessarily been as traumatic, such as it affected your relationship at all. Like, it seems like you guys still have a strong, like, connection. Like, yeah. You know. Yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely still, like, a, a strong connection. I'm, I've always been um, a mama's boy, like, for lack of a better term or whatnot. Like, I've never shied away from that because it's like yeah like I grew up and I like you know having my mom like take care of me even though my dad was there too I just Mm -hmm. always was the type of kid to just like my mom was there I remember helping me with math homework you know helping me teaching me how to like write my name in cursive all that type of stuff but so that's never been something that I've been like oh you know you're a mama's boy this is nice like yeah and I'm from the east side so we can scrap too so (laughs) and I'm glad you said that because what I what I don't want to do is paint this picture as, you know, at least for me, I don't want to paint the picture such that my mother just wasn't there for me at all. I don't want to paint mm-hmm. that picture. She was very, very instrumental when it comes to my upbringing. In fact, if it wasn't for just my grandmother, just being my grandmother, if you will, mm-hmm. um, you know, my mother was a work. Oh, she was, she, she worked crazy hours. I think she worked like from 11 to seven, so crazy like that. Um, mm-hmm. It was the nature of her job, but like, it was never a situation or point in her life where anything she did wasn't about me. Um, from, from collecting leftovers from where she worked at to bring home for dinner <laughs> that night. Um, she used to work as a um, dietary manager at um, Children's Hospital. 
And for anybody that's ever been there, um, especially in the nine, late 90s, if you will, uh, let me tell you, that pizza was slap. That chicken was slap. <laughs> I used to love when she came home with that damn pizza and chicken. I was like, yes, <laughs> it's how I love it. <laughs> uh, and there were times I were visiting my mom's job when she worked over on the over at the beauty supply over there. What's that? Uh, Outer Drive and Gratiot, all the way down when she worked. She got her job at the hospital working there. Um, there were times where I was just been telling my mom at work. Um, and even times where she, you know, especially at the beauty supply, it was like, it's time for you to start making your own money. Go stock the stuff on the shelf. And my reward was like, oh, like a sandwich bag of quarters and some candy from the candy shop over in the in the, in the, in the beauty supply. Uh, those was the time. Let me tell you, that was. I got to try all the candy. You couldn't <laughs> tell me a candy. I was like, oh, that one's actually trash. You don't want that. This one's really good. I was a candy critic, but um, you know, there were definitely some moments in my life where my mother wasn't problematic to me. It's just that. Mm-hmm. A lot of people won't, they'll, they'll remember their traumas more than they'll remember their good times. And mm-hmm. worth mentioning, a lot of people will let those traumas define their, their outcomes. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw, and I don't remember the exact verbiage of what I saw when I read this, but it was a, I think it was a sweet from Twitter, you know, because sweets are on Twitter. Um, <laughs> it was basically something about there's just over 86,000 seconds in a day. Mm-hmm. I remember. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> you have $86,000, basically. And somebody steals 10 of your dollars. Or you lose 10 of those dollars. Mm-hmm. So you throw the rest of the money away. I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. (laughs) Why would you do that? It's the same thing when it comes to time. You have over 86,000 seconds in a day. And sometimes you let 10 seconds of your day make you want to throw the rest of it away. And I had to get to the point of when I saw that, it just related to my life because I had to get to a point of not letting those 10 seconds of bad experiences in my life when it came to dealing with my mother, I couldn't let them define the rest of it. You know, we've had some crazy months, some days, but I'm not about to throw away 31 years of my life. That makes no sense at all. Um, And I think about it when I think of my mom. I think of that, and and this is me talking on the other side of it. There may be people out there that, one, may still deal with their mother on a daily basis, whether that be good or bad. Or two, maybe people that don't deal with their mother anymore. Um, Part of that may be just choosing to not interact with them. And some of it just simply may be because they've left this place. And I would say both of those situations are unfortunate because at the end of the day, regardless of how you feel about your parents, 
regardless of your upbringing, they raised you well, they raised you through hell, maybe a combination of both. Um, I realized in 2020 that I only have one mother. Um, My grandmother did a bang up job when it came to just grandmothering, if you will, for me, where sometimes it felt like mothering. But my mom was my mom. My mom is my mom. And just because she's away doesn't mean I need to love her any less. I may love her differently, you know what I'm saying, because of our issues. Um, I had to learn how to love my mother in her addiction. I had to learn how to deal with my mother in addiction. I had to learn what my priorities and my um, <laughs> trying to remember the tools now. You you have your priorities in your life, and you have your basically your non-negotiables. These are the things that's always going to be a part of your life. Um, and it came to a situation where I had to decide if my mother was going to be a priority in my life or a non-negotiable. And at that point in time, while I worked on myself, she had to be a priority and priorities can change every single day. Um, Once I got to the point where I was okay with simply knowing that I was, I I think the true issue of what I experienced just for me personally, dealing with the addiction, if you will, was that my mother chose alcohol and drugs basically before our relationship. And it came to a, a, a point of time, if you will, where I had to stop thinking unrealistically about our relationship. I wanted this sober, perfect mom back in my life. Mm-hmm. But I had to understand that simply having her above ground was enough for me because she's still above ground. Okay. She's still, I'm still able to talk to her. I'm still able to interact mm-hmm. with her. I'm still able to, you know, know she's alive. And that may seem like a very dark thing to say, but for anybody that's ever dealt with addiction or dealt with, you know, people that had these circumstances in their life, you know what I'm talking about. Like, or maybe you don't, I don't know. Mm -hmm. But um, for me, it was really getting to the meat and potatoes of, hey, listen, I want you to go to therapy. I want you to get help for yourself. Not look at me, not look what I did, but I see that you're going through something and I know that I can't help you, nor do I want to drain myself trying to help you because I won't be able to give myself anything. But I do think that it's time for you to go to therapy. Um, And we've had that conversation. It was very tough, but, um, you know, it's a work in progress. There's no such thing as a perfect situation. And, um, all this, all that to say is one little thing. You may have issues with your mother in your life. Mm-hmm. It may not be your biological mother. Maybe it's the mother in your life. You may have those circumstances where it's like, damn, this is some, some rough shit. But don't let that 10 seconds define your 86,000 plus seconds of your day. And if you can elongate that to days or months or years of dealing with someone working on the 
you know, work with someone, don't allow that moment in time to find your entire relationship. Because what may happen is, one, you won't get that time back. And then two, you may not get that person back. And that's probably the realest part of this whole conversation. Um, don't waste your time, you know, focusing on the, you know, what's wrong with the person, the negatives of it, blah, blah, blah. Because more than likely, you individually can't change it. But just to add substance to that is, don't let that define your entire day, your entire month, your entire year. Um, because if you do that, you won't get that back for yourself. Um, <laughs> that was the toughest thing I had to learn in therapy. And that was the toughest thing that even got me to 2021. Because it was a point in time where I didn't know what I was going to do. And once I had that conversation with my therapist personally, mm-hmm. you know, I'm able to talk to my mom. You know, I may not answer every time she calls because, quite frankly, we all got that person in our call log that's like, oh, this, this <laughs> God, I'm not answering. I can't do it. I literally can't answer the phone for you. I used to think people were crazy that you would call them and they wouldn't answer for you. And now I know what that means. Like, I'm like, damn, I really can't answer the phone for you, bro. Like, <laughs> this is crazy. But like you're um, protecting yourself. Yeah. It's, I, I got to have, I had to make sure my energy is in check and ready to, ready to go. Because mm-hmm. if it ain't, I ain't doing it. But right. I'm able to answer the phone more now than I was before. Like I won't, I used to literally block my mom from calling me. Uh, That's how serious it was. Like I was just like, okay. block, you getting on my nerves, you leaving me voice notes, you calling me all the time tonight, nope. Now, uh-huh. there's this lovely feature in this phone, you know, for all you Apple heads, you know, people like right. me, I've, I'm fully converted <laughs> to an Apple head and I'm proud of it. It's not that, it, I wouldn't say I'm an Apple head, I take that back because there are some people that'd be like, Apple over everything. Your Android's trash. Listen, my Apple devices work for me. <laughs> and that's fine for me. I literally just converted and got an Apple Watch. Like, literally, because I got tired of Fitbit playing me. And so let's try Apple Watch. Let's see how it goes. But this is a lovely feature on there. It's called uh, Do Not Disturb. Right. Okay. After 10 o'clock at night, my phone automatically converts to Do Not Disturb. It's usually my bedtime. Uh-huh. Yep, I have a bedtime. <laughs> if you're grown enough, you're going to admit it, damn it. And yeah. if she calls me during that time, I won't literally. There are certain people where I, you, you can allow the settings to say, hey, if they call more than, you know, if this person calls or if this call, person calls more than uh-huh. X amount of times in a row, a lot of call to come through. Yeah, she's not on that list. So, mm-hmm. um, because you may have heard the story about the one person that cried wolf so many times. Yep. She would always call um, at absurd times of night, etc. And there were times where our answer at like one o'clock in the morning, like, what's wrong? Is everything okay? And she'll be drunk and start singing me songs. Mm-hmm. That shit got annoying. So what I decided to do for myself is, you know, establish that boundary. 
um, make sure that you are firm on your boundaries. Maintain them. Your boundaries is your home. And I don't mean that in a literal sense. Your boundaries may be your home, if you have one, your apartment or whatever. But literally, your boundaries are your safe place. And it's okay to not allow people into your boundaries. Like, you establish these boundaries. We've talked about them. We'll probably have another episode talking about it, why they're so important. But you can tell people no. You can answer the phone. You can refuse communication for a period of time. Um, Whatever it may be. Protect your boundaries, protect your house because you are your house, literally. Your entire being is your house. You're responsible for taking care of that. You're responsible for the maintenance of your body. You're responsible for the maintenance of yourself. You're responsible for the manicures and pedicures and uh, the interlocks and the haircuts and (laughs) the the, the shaving and the the daily showering. I don't want to hear no crap about not daily. Daily at minimum, right? Take care of your hygiene. Take care of your things. You're responsible for maintaining yourself, and some of that simply may be answering the phone. You ain't got to answer the phone. Everybody call, Mm -hmm. and some people may have relationships with their parents, especially their mothers. In this case, where it's like, oh, this nigga calling me again. I get it. But, um, and especially with Mother's Day, some people like to talk about Mother's Day. I get it. Uh, I, I told my wife the other day, I'm like, oh, shit, Mother's Day is coming up, ain't it? And she asked me the dreaded question, what do you want to do for Mother's Day? And I was like, I'm not a mama. I don't care. I was like, oh, shit, you have a mom. <laughs> you have a mother. She says me my mom as well. And I'm thankful for her because, let's be real, like, my mother-in-law is definitely my wife's mother. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> and I mean that in a literal sense, but I also mean that to the standpoint of when I didn't have money to keep going through college, she paid for it. Uh-huh. That one semester, she she said, no, 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 no. You trying to marry my daughter. We got to get you across the finish line as well. You were like my son. Uh-huh. And my mother literally took offense to that and was like, you only have one mother in this world, and it is me. And I was sitting here like, girl, if you ain't got this balance for Wayne State, I got nothing for you. <laughs> I got to finish this finish line so I get to where I'm going so that I can give back these things. You know what I'm saying? Not, not that I needed to repair or anything, but how can I pass on these blessings if I don't, I don't receive them right now because Lord needs, Lord knows uh-huh. I needs it. You know what I'm saying? And um, I have that relationship with my mother-in-law. Like she has an iPhone now. It's really weird. She'll FaceTime me at the blue sometimes. And I find that's crazy. But I am grateful that I was able to establish relationships with not only my mother-in-law, but with my own mother um, and get past those issues uh-huh. because Again, I didn't allow those 10 seconds to define the 86,000 seconds of my daily life. Um, so if you got nothing else in this episode besides, Rich, you a mess. <laughs> <laughs> I know I am. I'm working progress daily. You should be too. Um, 
don't let that 10 seconds of your life affect the errors to that 10 seconds of your day affect the 86,000 plus seconds of your day. Um, same thing with mommy issues. I mean, I get it. We all got them to some degree. We talked about a lot of them here today. Um, they may be different for you than it is for me, but don't let those 10 seconds okay. or whatever affect your whole 86K because you wouldn't do that with $86,000. Right. Let let me find eighty six thousand dollars and you stole ten. I ain't about to beat your ass over ten dollars. I got eighty six thousand dollars in my pocket. Like, damn, that's crazy. I lost that ten. Go buy me something. <laughs> you really so, cheated yourself because if you would have asked me for some money, I probably would have gave you more than that. <laughs> right? You should have just asked. <laughs> I am not the stingy type. All right. At least to my my people's. Mm-hmm. If you annoying, I'm don't answer. Anyway, um, that's all I got. <laughs> I know because... who those people are to you. <laughs> yeah, listen, <laughs> I ain't gonna point them out like that Jada Kiss song. Point them out. <laughs> point them out. I'm not gonna do it. I'm not <laughs> gonna do it because I would have my phone blowing up. Mm-hmm. There's more people that listen to this podcast than I thought. <laughs> so, um, one thing I will definitely leave you guys with is not only that, but to all you guys, all you mothers that are out here mothering, <sighs> respect yeah. given. These these children are living in some crazy times, and. Uh-huh. You know, just be sure to pass along good things, you know, raise them up to the best of your ability. Um, keep ending toxic masculinity at hand and let them boys cry because boys do, should, and will cry. Yep. Um, let them do it early and often so it becomes a habit. Mm-hmm. And let that be one of their tools to get through it. So that's all I have. I'm going to gather my things. <laughs> I'm going to gather my rats, gather my things, and pray for sunny weather tomorrow. That's all I'm here to do at this point. So, is there anything that you'd like to elaborate on that I may have missed? I think you touched on all the good points. Um, I like the, the part where you really spoke about not answering the phone. I used to get ridiculed for that. Um, Oh, you still do? But like, yeah, but not even just like from you though. Like from you, it's like my sister. She she has this running joke. Like, well, if somebody gonna give you a million dollars to call somebody, and they have to not answer the call for you to get the million dollars, just call Jarrell. Like she has that running joke. <laughs> the best time to call me is a text. Like that's that's the person I am. But um, listen, I know that. <laughs> I've been I've been changing, you know, since I got into the real estate industry, the phone, the phone has to be answered. But um, I feel like with some people, like how you, how you described it, it's just like, I think of it as when they're calling you, it's like, they're the iceberg and it's like your well-being and like your mental health and your positivity for the day is the Titanic. And like, you cannot, like, you cannot like have yourself bump into the iceberg because before you know it, if you answer that phone, you collide with the iceberg basically and then your ship starts taking in more and more water which is like burdens and 
um, all the different issues that they have. And next thing you know, you underwater just like they are. So um, I definitely agree with that point that you made about that. Um, but yeah, just like how you said, also just want to give a shout out to all the mothers who have been doing everything they can through the pandemic to keep their households like sane and, and positive um, health. Uh, all of this stuff that we're doing throughout the pandemic, as it looks like it's coming to a close, we're all we're all like makeshift. Like <laughs> we're all just like basically blindfolded and just throwing darts to see what was going to work for us. So the fact right. that we're on this side of it now, like everybody needs, including them, especially the mothers, need a round of applause for doing like something that was so unforeseen, but still making it seem like it's something that wasn't impossible. So love all y'all. Happy Mother's Day to all the mothers. Yeah. That means this episode just needs to come out before Mother's Day. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And and mothers protect your peace because at the end of the day, you can't... I'm not saying from experience, obviously, it's clear I'm not a mother or a woman. But... um, it's hard for you to pour into a glass when you have nothing to pour from your own. Make sure you fill your own glass. Make sure you take care of yourself. Make sure for Mother's Day, you get your glass of wine, okay? Because sis, I, listen, see you, girl. <laughs> All y'all, even the dads is being sis. Listen, if you mom, if you out here momming, get you a glass of wine, get you a glass of whatever. Mm-hmm. Make it work. Period. <laughs> Shot girl summer. Get your vaccine. <laughs> Go live your life. I've already seen some of my vaccinated friends out here that are moms, and I'm like, high five, girl. I'll see you. Mm-hmm. I proud of you, man. People out here, moms out here graduating this week. Shout out to all the graduates that are walking across a stage this year. Let's start that way. Um, that are finishing their degrees this year, that may be participating in ceremonies this year, that couldn't last year due to the outbreak of the pandemic. Um, kudos given. Y'all made it. Welcome to alumni status. And I hope you find a job that gives you all the coins with your degree. Or what you want to do with your degree. I hope you find that too. And listen, if you work through all this to get your degree, you a whole new level because online classes after this, I never want to go back to school again. Um, I'm good. <laughs> I'm straight. You got it. You you got it. I'm cool. Um, I seen my nephew trying to learn on Zoom Friday and I was just like, it's moms out here that's making this happen for their kid. Yeah. Let me stop complaining about my shit. <laughs> so... Yeah, shout out to all the graduates. Shout out to the moms out there. Happy Mother's Day. You are loved. You are seen. Um, nice for what? That's y'all song this week. <laughs> That's it. So with that, that wraps up this episode of Mental Minds Podcast. We don't know what the next one will look like, but this one, <laughs> goddammit. <laughs> uh you got anything before we head out, man? Uh, everybody continue to do what makes you happy. If you haven't found it yet, just keep doing 
good stuff until you figure out what that is. That's all Facts. I got. Let's see. All I'm going to say is vaccinations, vacations, all that. Make sure y'all <laughs> do that this year. Um, for those that may have not heard of this podcast before, if you need to know where to find us, uh, we are at mentalmatterspod.com. Um, you can also find us on all these social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Just search for Mental Matters Podcast. And we are streaming available on SoundCloud, iHeart, Radio, Spotify, um, Apple Podcasts as well, um, and Google Podcasts. So that being said, we love y'all. Stay up. And we're going to come back with another one. <laughs> <laughs> another one. Another one. Shout out to DJ Khaled new album. I heard it's fire. I ain't listening yet, but I'll tell y'all what I think about it next episode. <laughs> All right. Bye. Bye.